Welcome to Antioch Raleigh's weekly online sermon. We hope that you are encouraged by this word. For more information on Antioch Raleigh or access to our other online sermons, visit us at AntiochRaleigh.com. Speaking of voice, and you know one of the things I just noticed, last week we, uh, we're, we're doing a deep dive and, and kind of the, the main topic that we've been approaching um, has been, by the way, I wanted to do an announcement about the prayer and fasting. Do we, do we have that slide, Lucia? Because I, I want to, before we get started in my teaching, I just really want to talk about the prayer and fasting for the nation is February 27th and March 1st. Then we're going to have an encounter night March the 1st. And so we are inviting everyone who will participate, to participate, uh, to full fast, water only, to whatever you have faith for. So um, we're going to be doing that for three days. We'll be sending out lists of things to be praying for. But we are joining in with our entire movement through all the United States and the world. We're joining with... People ask me all the time, how many churches are there in Antioch? And I, I, I would only be lying if I tried to give you a number. Here's what I know. There's somewhere around 50 uh, kind of this kind of church in the United States. Our bulk of our churches are overseas. Most of those are in Muslim countries, Hindu countries, and Buddhist countries. Those countries are often very hostile to the church and gospel. And so we have a lot of kind of more or less underground churches. We have a lot of house churches. And we don't even try to keep up with some of those movements. And furthermore, some of those movements have no knowledge of who we are. They have moved on and they have received the gospel and they've propagated. So, uh, however, there's a lot of very, very strategic things that we need to be praying for. The world is in a cauldron stew right now. There's just so much going on. And you don't have to watch news very long to either get discouraged, angry, despairing, or all three of those. So, what, we're, what God's called us to do is to get to elevate, to get above the fracas and the fray and the commentary and the talking heads and listen to the voice of the Lord about what He has to say about His King and His kingdom and its rule in the earth. And um, this series is called The Way of Kings. And there's a lot of implications to that. Not all the way of kings is necessarily good, but what we want to do is to pursue the kind of way of kings that was exemplified by King David. And so we're in this section of primarily the Old Testament where we're really delving into the way of kings. And the very first subject matter that we kind of tackled uh, and we're doing a whole lot of setups, so I hope you'll be patient because I don't think in some respects some of the things that I've been sharing are any more foundational than this. A few weeks ago we looked at the knowledge, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil versus the tree of life. 
And so many people, including Christians, eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And we kind of explored the idea that the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil will kill you, whether it's the good or the evil, it's equally quick. It's only when we eat from the tree of life. And so those that that um, that was the very first kind of choice that mankind had, and we were enticed to choose the wrong one. And in doing so, it, it killed us. It separated us from God in our spirit. We lost the ability to communicate, to have fellowship and communion with God. Okay? Last week, we began to explore this whole concept. We, we opened up with little Samuel, who's hearing the voice of the Lord. He says, Samuel, calls him by name. And he gets up and goes to see his mentor, who's asleep in another room. Samuel's probably an early teenager, we think. Somewhere in that, somewhere between 12 and 17, probably. And the reason is because Samuel calls him a boy. I mean, Eli calls him a boy. And so, at the third instance of hearing the voice of the Lord, Eli goes, okay. That's the voice of the Lord. So one of the major themes that goes throughout the entire uh, book of First and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings, and First and Second Chronicles, which is basically the story of the the kingdom that God begins to establish, and the kings that God establishes through the. Um, uh, in, inside of the kingdom of Israel. <clears throat> and one of the most important things of that kingdom is the voice of the Lord. It is, in many ways, the introductory paragraphs of that whole slew of letters and, and uh, narratives, historical narratives, is that God's people, when they listen and pay attention, and seek the voice of the Lord, they prosper. And when they don't, they fail. And they often fail terribly and destructively. And they pursue other gods and false gods. And can I just tell you, the, the Apostle Paul just said this. In 1 Corinthians, he says, the, what we call the Old Covenant Scriptures, he just called them those Scriptures, they were written for our example. So we really need to, we're doing a deep dive in there. That's enough of my reintroduction. So last week, what we also covered was what I, I like to call the funnel. And I, and I was using something called John Wesley's quadrilang, quadrilangle, lateral, easy for someone else to say. Um, Quadrilateral, uh, which is really shaped, founded like a, I, I, I viewed it as like a funnel. And it was based on scripture, uh, based on, um, on one side we have kind of God's providence, the other side uh, we have the um, traditions of the church. 
And then and then the top, which is a smaller one, is just the wisdom, common wisdom known to mankind. What we need to understand is they get us close, but they aren't the voice of the Lord. And there's a lot of problems with each one of those. Because if you really don't know the scripture, you can't, and you're a young believer, and you don't really know the scripture, then the scripture can't help you very much. And circumstances are often a horrible guide to what God is actually doing. And traditions of men often nullify the grace of God, according to Jesus. So, and then, at the end of the day, a lot of us are very foolish. And we don't have wisdom. So, you go, well, Steve, why did you teach that? Well, the reason I taught that is because as you grow and mature in Christ, the Lord begins to help you funnel a lot more because you begin to go, oh, that's not the Lord. Oh, that's, I'm, I'm recognizing the hand of the Lord. It's based on maturity. It's based on experience. It's based on having your senses trained to discern good and evil. Now, here's one of the, that verse found in Hebrew, the, the uh, writer of Hebrews, who I tend to think was Paul, but, you know, a lot of scholars don't. I'm not a scholar. So, um, but they tend to believe, but here's what he was talking about, the concept, is that you are really very, very immature believers, and this is the writer, and the, but you should be mature. Because mature people have their very physical senses to train to discern good and evil. But your babes, you still need the milk of the word. You, you ought to be teachers now, but you're not. This is a state that we often find ourselves in. Okay? So this, this is a challenge to us all. Each and every one of us have need of meat, but you don't feed babies sirloin steak. They can't digest it. They can't even consume it. They can't even get it down. They have no means of digesting that. So, what we got into last week, and I want us to look back at our verse, our key verse in First um, Kings, Chapter 19. And this is the Lord. He's talking to Elijah. We looked at this verse. Let's, go, let's look at it again. And he said, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. And a great and strong wind tore the mountains and broke in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, the sound of a low whisper. The King James Version uses the term a still, small voice. I like that phrase. I like the whisper phrase as well. We're going to kind of tear those apart a little bit today. But... Um, 
this is a this is a, an idea that circumstances around you aren't a very good determinant of who of where the Lord is speaking, is it? I mean, how many of us go, well, you know, I really have all these converging circumstances around my life, therefore I need to do X. How many of us, that's, that's the depth of our spiritual uh, ability to discern God's direction in our life. Can I just confess, a lot of us have done that, especially in our immaturity. But that is not the way you were wired. That is not God's best. His, not, his best is not you using the phone, but you having a dialogue, a conversation with the creator of the universe. And so the fact of the matter is a lot of us, and if you're in this culture, I'm talking about right here in the middle of North Carolina State University, the idea that God would actually have anything to say about anything is almost considered ludicrous. The genius who created the universe has never consulted about almost anything that we now know about the universe at the university. And yet guys like Newton, who basically invented modern physics, said that he hoped that people would understand that what he received, he received from the Lord. And so, this is kind of how the dichotomy of science and learning has been separated from the most intelligent being that exists in the universe, and that is the Lord. And so, it's up to us and it's incumbent upon us to really begin to understand that there is nothing the voice of the Lord can't solve. Every dilemma that we face in your jobs, in your families, everything is really dependent on you living in a conversational relationship with the God of the universe. One of the dirty little secrets of evangelicalism, that's the that's the group of people that believe that you need to meet Jesus and get saved so you can go to heaven, okay? That would be us. There's some people that don't believe that, but we do. But here's a dirty little secret. And we say to people, we're inviting you into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. How many of you heard that? How many of you got attracted by that? How many of you thought, wow, I can actually have a personal relationship with God? And can I just tell you, the dirty little secret is, so many of us don't. We have a relationship with our Bible. We have a relationship with our life group. We have a relationship with other Christians. We have a relationship with uh, the church that we attend, like this one. Uh, we have a relationship with our favorite podcast, Sermonizer. But we don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And let's just admit it. 
And now, let's do something about it. It all starts with, um, well, I call it the theology of the voice of the Lord, and we covered some of that last week. But I want to hit a couple of new points. <clears throat> Blessed are those, I'm going to read you Jelly's translation of Matthew 5, 3. The King Jimmy version says something like, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Here's the Jelly translation. Blessed are those who have nothing going for them in the spiritual realm. They can't hear or feel or sense God. It's those kind of people who get to have access to the kingdom of God. If you stand up and say, I am a spiritual dullard, I've never heard the voice of the Lord, and I really am not sure I can, you are blessed because you qualify, according to Jesus. By the way, that is the first thing he said in the recorded Sermon on the Mount. That's the first thing he said. We read that, and we don't actually know what it means. But he's basically saying, all you spiritually dull people, if you have a, just a scintilla of, of desire to know the voice of the Lord, i got good news for you. You're blessed. You can. Now, here's another famous verse. This out of Matthew 4.4 4, that's actually being quoted by Jesus out of Deuteronomy 8. So let's look at this word. And he answered, and this is Jesus who answered the devil who was tempting him. And he answered him and he said, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Let's, let's, let's quote that starting with every. Every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. How are we supposed to live? Okay, what's the word perceive mean? It comes out of God's mouth. Do you know that that in the Greek is a present tense? That's not a past tense. That's a present tense. Whoa, Steve, you know how many people have done weird and stupid things in the name of God told me? How many of you really don't want to hear the voice of the Lord because you don't want to be categorized with those people? I believe there's a lot of Christians exactly like that. Oh, I don't want to be like all those weird people. Well, those weird people, it, it's, it's kind of like this. Uh, when I am, I, I just heard a, a funny story just yesterday. Um, one of our elders who transferred to another city because of a job opportunities, he was telling me, he said, he, he, he's now working in Miami, and he said, I have this wonderful relationship with some of the workers in our manufacturing facility. And there are these three senior women who are just lovely, and I love them, but I can't understand a single word they say. And he said, so sometimes 
I just talk back to them in Afrikaans because they're talking to me in Spanish and they can't understand English or Afrikaans and I can't understand Spanish. And you're going, what is that all about? Well, what it's saying is there's other ways to communicate other than words, but it helps if you have words that you understand. And so one of the things he said is, I am beginning to try to learn some Spanish because I can't really communicate, except we made a heart connection and we really like each other. <clears throat> and I said, so how, how did you get to know each other and like each other? Because of our facial expression and the way we look at each other. Now, this is why the priest would bless the children of Israel and say, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May He make His face to shine upon you and give you peace. May He lift up His countenance and be gracious unto you. It was about beholding the face of God. Last week we looked at the scripture. He said, you know, prophet, you know, I give people dreams and riddles and, and I speak to them in one way or the other, but I will just tell you, I speak to, I don't do that with Moses. I speak lip to lip, face to face. This is the intimacy that we've been invited to. To. Can I just tell you, I, 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 do, I, do, I do this sometimes. I don't like to do this. I like to mostly worship. But I just felt the Lord said, I want to I help you see some things. And I, what I saw is people uncomfortable with really the idea of telling Jesus how much they love him. And I, and I would say that's not just guys here. There's some... There's, a lot of us feel very uncomfortable expressing a desire for intimacy with God. We're really uncomfortable with that. And some of us legitimately have a, 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 a barrier that's there because of our training about God's majesty and His transcendence. And all of that is absolutely true. He is all of those things. But that's what makes this good news such scandalous good news is that the God of the universe has condescended, which means He's come down to our level, become a human being. That's what God hiding in the flesh was. You know what John said? John said, I, I, I've seen and I've heard and I've touched the Word of God. And that's the Word I now speak to you. God literally gave John a, tact, a tactile experience of the living Word of God. Now, let me read this to you. So many are afraid to teach that God still speaks apart from the Scripture, 
are simply have not discovered for themselves that God does indeed speak to them apart from Scripture. He has not suddenly lost his voice since the Scriptures were finished. The Scriptures don't teach that God stops speaking apart from the Scripture in the text of the Scripture, so nor should we. They do teach that we are invited into a personal, intimate relationship with a sentient, active, and communicating person who desires fellowship with us. He also happens to be our creator. And in a way, that's the essence of evangelism. Conversation is the essential foundation of any interpersonal relationship. And let me just say this to you. God's voice is so much more than just giving you directions. In fact, if that's the kind of theology you have about the Lord guiding you, tell me what to do. Let me just, I, I noticed this the other day uh, with some of my grandchildren. I noticed the conversation. And none of the conversation had anything to do with mowing the yard to our one-year-old grandson. There was not one mention of doing his homework. There was not one mention about doing anything. It was all expressions of affection and love and encouragement. Are you, are you getting the gist of this just a little bit? And I will say this. Evangelicals, and I was, this is, this is me. When I first became a believer, the very first thing I was told was to do something for God. And I, I uh, can I just say, I, I, that as well-intentioned and, and as much as I agree with so much of that idea, I think what that idea ends up doing is creating people that think God just wants soldiers and workers. And so we bypass that parental infection that Jesus was trying to introduce us to when he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Do you know the idea that God was a Father is only mentioned about three times in the Old Covenant? And yet it's the main obsession that Jesus had to reveal the Father to us. It was relational. It wasn't primarily occupational. Okay? Can, and, and, and please, look, I'm a recovering workaholic, okay? Sometimes I fall off the wagon. I need an intervention. Those are fewer and fewer these days. You know, I find that when I 
rest in the loving arms of my spiritual and very real Father. I get a lot more done. And I'm not even thinking about getting anything done. That's called abiding. That was the scripture that we, we read this morning. All right. So the voice goes beyond scripture, but it never goes around scripture. The voice goes beyond scripture, but it never goes around scripture. So for any of you to say, well, you know, there's, there, are you talking about God changing the basic doctrines of the church? No, absolutely not. That's foolishness. I'm talking about all those, you know, we, a lot of us even use the language, God, you know, God telling you what to do. God telling you, you know, car to buy or job or make or how about this? I, I just talked to somebody. Uh, I, I talk to people all the time and say, I just, I don't, I just feel God's, I don't, I don't feel the Lord. I don't sense the Lord. I, I don't know that I have to, I, 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 I'm really a little confused about what you mean when you say the voice of the Lord. And then somebody kind of gets a gift of prophecy and they, they go, you know, I can, it's amazing. I can hear the voice of the Lord for somebody else. But I can't hear the voice of the Lord for me. If you've ever said that, don't raise your hand. But I have. I've said I, I'm pretty. I, I can really hear the voice of the Lord. About uh, over 25, 30 years ago, it's uh, going on 27 years ago. I was in uh, a, a very tough place in my walk with the Lord. I was really. Disappointed in God. I was very disillusioned with the church. I was disgusted with so much of Christianity. And yet, there was something inside of me that knew that he was the best person I could ever know. And I was at the pinnacle of success. I was standing in that copper dome building on next to the top floor that overlooks Central Park. I was, uh, I'd just been named the, one of the, the senior executives of this company. I was really at the top of my business game. And I, and I've shared this before, but you need to understand how, what happened. You see, I'm standing there. I can see my reflection. We were going to have a little rubber chicken dinner for me with all the investment bankers and some of the other senior executives. And it was actually in, in honor of me. And uh, I got to the room before the caterer, and I was just standing there. I was looking. I saw my reflection. I had, I had a brand-new power pinstripe with a red tie. I mean, I could have been a politician. There's no doubt about it. Uh, and I was in a very I was all about all that had happened but I wasn't thinking about the Lord I was just thinking about wow this is amazing what's happening to me and then I heard 
the unmistakable voice of God. And he said, then why do you feel so empty? Which I had not even been in touch with until he said it. And I knew it was him. I, I just, here's, here's one of the things, and I, I'm going to get into this next week. Or maybe the next week. <laughs> I want to actually teach you how to hear the voice of the Lord. But, but part of this is preparation. We've got to get ourselves to a place where we really are hungry to hear yeah. His voice. Yeah. And I couldn't help, but I don't know why, but my eyes sprang a leak. And I started crying for what seemed like the first time in my life. Probably behind my old life. Well, that's not true. I, uh, I've had some really sweet moments with the Lord year before, years before when I, before I got disillusioned, disgusted, and disappointed with Him. You know that God lets you do that too, don't you? How many of you have experienced that? You want to raise your hand? Okay, well, you will. Oh, yeah, you will. You will get disillusioned, disappointed, and sometimes even disgusted. Particularly if you don't know how to really access his voice. This is what's happened to you. You know, I'm a, I'm a Jesus people convert. I was saved out of the Jesus movement. And so many of us are no longer even in church because we're disillusioned, disappointed, and disgusted. Because here's what God's trying to get us to do. I don't get my life from the life group. I don't get my life just from studying the Bible. I don't get my life from going to church and being with God's people. I get my life from the tree of life of Jesus Christ. There is no other source of life. There is no other source of life. You have to know Him. It's not about knowing about Him. That's the invitation. That's the only altar call I have. I don't have an altar call for you to get saved. If you come and get to know Him, you will be. So the next thing He said to me while I'm really embarrassed, simultaneously being moved so deep inside, inexplicably, the next thing He said You know, his examination always reveals stuff. Why are you so empty? I was. I was completely empty. Even though I had the world by the tail. <laughs> I felt his next words have been the driving force in my life for the last 27 years. And it was, I have missed you. That was his attitude about all my pride and anger and disgust and disappointment and disillusionment with him. I have missed you. How many of you want to... Uh, Some of you are earnest, but 
can I just say, we have to get to a place where we're so hungry. You say, well, I'm, I'm spiritually dull. I feel spiritually dull. I've never had an experience like you did, Steve. That's really great. I love it. I wish I had one. But I have You qualify. You are qualified. God wants to have a deep, personal relationship with every one of us. But I can just tell you, everything about the world and so much, without any criticism or judgment, often in the church, is we separate ourselves and separates us from that personal relationship. Well, i got to read my Bible this morning. I've got, I'm doing the year through the Bible ball, and I've got to read the next eight chapters. And the last person that you talked to was the Lord. He, you know, just stop, just stop it. I'm not saying don't read the Bible through the year, but, but you know what? Don't read it if he's not in it. How about that? We're talking about really walking with Jesus. My, uh, you know where I learned this from really ultimately? I learned this from my mother. And here's what she used to sing. Where is that? I can't, you, you don't want me to sing it. <laughs> well, I'll just, some of you, some of you over the age of uh, 50 might remember this. He walks with me and he talks with me.
ever be satisfied with the status of our personal relationship with you. Lord, we want to have conversations that are deep and transformative and they change our heart so that we look and are mistaken for you that there's something about us that changes so that people can recognize even if they can't put their finger on us, we're different. Lord, I pray for every person in this room that you are inviting. I just want you to be very quiet in your spirit. You feel an invitation from Jesus. I, I, I know there's some of you here that are kind of in that place of one other word, despair. I think there's some people here that have a despairing relationship with Jesus. You despair that you'll really be able to move past where you are. I got good news for you. Yeah, a relationship, a new interest. 